Well, hey, everyone. My name is Stephen Sargent, and I am the host of this new podcast, Church Stories, where we explore and share stories from different ministries and churches all over New England. The Church Stories podcast is affiliated with the Baptist Foundation of New England, and it's an opportunity to capture some really exciting stories of how God is at work in a creative and unique way all over the six states of New England. Uh, for this week's episode, I'm really excited. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, another church planter through Send Boston uh, named Kevin Scott, who's the pastor of The Well in East Boston um, and also the founder of The Well Coffee House, which now has three locations uh, in the Boston area, including a kiosk in the South Station uh, that I go to every time I'm hopping off the commuter rail to the airport. Um, I always drop by and say hi to him. Uh, one of the highest rated coffee shops actually in the city of Boston now. Um, so I wanted to capture a little bit of his story of what he's learned along the way uh, and let him share just what the journey has been uh, moving across the country, not only to start a church with his family, but also to start a coffee shop that is now considered uh, one of the best in the entire city. So let's get him on here. Uh, Kevin, are you there? I am. Hey, Stephen. Hey, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, just share a little bit about what God's doing in your ministry in East Boston and be a part of this podcast with us, man. Um, oh, totally my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this will be cool. You have such a cool, unique story, and God's really working in uh, your ministry in a unique way. Would you mind just sharing uh, like a two to three minute overview story of how and why you ended up planting a church here in Boston. I know you're not originally from here, so just share a little bit about that. Sure. So uh, I was born and raised in California. Um, most of um, my life was spent there. Um, wife and I kind of entered ministry late and ended up moving to upstate New York where we were working for a camp for inner city kids from Washington Heights in Harlem. And that was kind of my like introduction into full-time ministry. Um, and while I was there, just kind of fell in love with the East Coast, and I was introduced to a church planter. And I'm an old guy, so I didn't even know what church planting was. You know, it was just, uh, uh, I'm like, wait, churches start? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I guess I assume they were kind of always there or something. So um, it, it intrigued me very much. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. this was probably about the time when it was just getting really popular. And, you know, the, the, the church planting rock stars were kind of Christian. And, yeah. Um, so we were there for about three years, and then the church that sent us called us back and asked me to come and, and kind of help them revision what was going on there. So we were back in California, and I pastored there for five years, always with this idea of, okay, I, I think I'm a church planter, and I'd really like to plant somewhere on the East Coast. And hmm. um, I have a heart for the city. Um, and so we knew that, you know, the one thing we knew is, okay, Lord, we're going to just pray consistently. Um, maybe a couple times a year while we're here in California and just you, you let us know when it's kind of time to go. And um, the Lord just began to kind of impress on my heart a need for you know, more city planting. Um, and uh, we finally got a yes. And so we were there five years, much longer than I expected to be. Um, the Lord blessed our ministry there. And then uh, I remember calling my wife one day and we had said, okay, it's time. And she was actually working at a camp. And I, I emailed her and said, hey, I just resigned. So it's time to go. Um, so we packed up and there were uh, three families that, that, that moved 
um, total in total. So two along with us from California to Boston. Um, you know, I'd love to say that like there was this like holy like light that was shining on a map or something, but um, we took a trip to the East Coast and kind of went up and down and in all the major cities and ultimately Boston just felt like this is where the Lord wants us. Wow. Well, yeah. And even saying that I think is helpful for some of us to remember that God's calls often way more subtle than this road to Damascus moment. And, and sometimes we, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes we, we are, are dependent over dependent on having a moment like that to where it makes us uh, less confident that God's calling us to something. Cause we can't point back to that. Sometimes it really is just taking a step of faith and piecing together different moments and what we know about what God's doing and coming to the conclusion that this is our next step. So I think that's helpful for yes. us. Um, I mean, we had a couple of answers. And so, you know, the, the answer of, Hey, well, we know it's going to be the East coast. We know it's going to be city and we know we're supposed to church plant. Yeah. So I think once you have that and you start kind of moving, then, you know, the Lord starts moving that or guiding that ship that's already kind of moving. So it's, yeah, yeah I agree. Man, from one corner to the other of the U.S. That's amazing, man. Um, yes. Well, for those yes. listening who really have no idea about you and your ministry, we've got people that are listening from all over. Um, and can you just share like what God is doing through the well and in East Boston? I know you even have a unique ministry in what God has given you a vision for through uh, coffee ministry. And so can you just share a little bit about what God yes. has done in your time here? Just brag on him for a few minutes. Sure. So uh, we moved here. We landed in East Boston. Once again, it wasn't necessarily strategic. It was the cheap at the time. It was the cheapest place we could find to live in the actual city. And mm. so, um, you know, I, we landed. We didn't have a lot of funding. Um, what, you know, is going on through church planting now didn't really exist. And so um, I just said, hey, let's get jobs and and we'll start building relationships and let's just see what the Lord does. And um, he really began to break our heart for the people that were living in East Boston. And, you know, looking at it, we realized, man, there's, there was zero English speaking Bible teaching churches in East Boston. There's wow. about 70,000 people here. Wow. So, um, you know, we, we came with this idea of, of opening coffee houses and using that same space, um, for church. And so obviously planting in the city is very expensive. And, you know, one of the, the kind of, death points of church planters in the city is trying to afford space in the city. And so we said, okay, how do we kind of combine this idea of, of being kind of self-sufficient? Like how do we tent make? Um, yeah. And, you know, we knew we had to be bivocational because we didn't have the support, but how do we combine that bivocation? So we were actually sitting in California in a Chick-fil-A and um, it was the first one I'd ever been in. And I'm like, wait, these guys are closed on Sundays. There's a play place right there. Like, wouldn't it be cool if Chick-fil-A allowed a church planter to meet in their facility on Sundays? Wow. And, and that kind of stirred, you know, started stirring the pot. Um, yeah. <laughs> we were studying John four with Jesus, the story of Jesus at the woman at the well and all the barriers that he was breaking to get to this woman. And he's kind of said, okay, what's the natural well in Boston? And we came up with two things, you know, uh, basically a coffee house or a bar. And uh, <laughs> we didn't really want to go into the barbells in this. It felt a little bit counterproductive um, <laughs> but we probably would have grown a lot faster um, <laughs> yeah so um the the dream kind of began well what if we open nonprofit coffee houses in the city that you know we're giving back to the city that we're um supporting local nonprofits in the city 
um, we were allowed to do good in the city. It kind of doubled as our bivocation and then it would be closed on Sundays. The church would meet there. If the coffee house was successful, not only would we actually be drawing people to us for gospel conversation and relationship building, but it would actually be paying the bills for the church to be in the city. Wow. And so, so can I that's just, did you have the concept. A background? Did you have a background in coffee or was this a new venture as well? I didn't have a background in coffee, but I did have a background in food service. So okay. when I was in California, before we moved to New York, um, I owned a restaurant and catering business. And so that, obviously that experience was helpful. Um, and it, it, uh, it allowed us to kind of think through how this could actually work. Um, but the, the family that came out with us, uh, the loves, they, they were actually coming out to, um, to run the coffee houses and they didn't have any background. So there was a lot of big learning curve and, you know, now they've just run way past me. So it's pretty awesome. Wow, man. Wow. So, so that's kind of the vision yeah how's that played out how's it you know what he's what he's done in the process is yeah exactly (laughs) so it's you know one of the one of the things we as church planners always say is you know it 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 never works out the way you think it's going to it's all it's usually better yeah Um, we ended up planting a church in east boston before we had a coffee house which was kind of crazy and so you know i mean bragging on him a bit he within six months you know we had launched a church and and we're growing um we ended up uh starting another service in a, in a town called Winthrop and eventually planting, helping plant a church there. So that's, that's running with another planter. Um, and in the midst of that, we got an opportunity to open our first coffee house downtown um, in what's called South Station, which is kind of the grand central of Boston. And so it was just kind of a little coffee kiosk, uh, 92 square feet. Um, but it, it be, you know, it's 250,000 people a day that are coming through wow. there. So it, it, it got our teeth cutting on, okay, what is this going to look like and, and how's it going to work? But it wasn't the vision, right? Like we can't control that environment. There's no place to sit. It's just a kiosk. Yeah. Um, but what we didn't realize the Lord was doing is he was using that to begin building credibility for who the well coffee house was, because it turns out that's one of the hardest places to get into. And so we used that credibility and the influence that was being gained by that coffee house um, to open a second one. And uh, we, the second one was opened in downtown Boston in a high rise building on the second floor. And we serve um, as a um, basically a uh, amenity for the 25 uh, fortune 500 companies that are in there. It's our job just to serve the 4,000 people there coffee and the building pays for it. That's and awesome. then we offer Bible studies to that building. So, That's so, cool. so theoretically, we have five full-time missionaries working in that building whose job is to just love on people, serve coffee, and, and share the gospel. And the secular world's paying for that. So that's pretty, pretty amazing. That is fascinating, man. And then we open – yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. That is fascinating. And then we open a third one. Uh, that one led to us opening um, a pretty large coffee house. Um, in what is currently the most desired um, retail location in all of Boston. It's on the corner of the Freedom Trail right next to the old state house. And through crazy circumstances, um, that building was leasing. It was 3,800 square feet. and was leasing for $65,000 a month. Um, through, Through some crazy circumstances, obviously we're not paying that, but we, we got favor in the landlord's eyes and, and he offered it to us at, 
a fraction of that yeah. and made it affordable. And so we are now, you know, the Well Coffee House is doing ministry, like I said, on the, the busiest corner of the Freedom Trail in Boston. And then lastly, we finally found space in East Boston, so which has taken a long time. And that coffee house is built, being built out and the church will move into that space and the kind of full vision will come to fruition. So it, it's amazing how the unexpected journey, that seems to be like almost a theme in your church planting path, is the unexpected stops along the way for God to, to finally get you to the original idea and, and he just had something far bigger than what you had in mind. And um, it's, yes, it's so interesting. And this, this will, this will lead into my next question. Cause I think that this idea of doing ministry through a third space, like, like a coffee shop or even repurposing your church space that a lot of church planters and churches um, they, they end up investing X amount of dollars into renovating a space that sometimes only gets used a handful of hours a week um, and thinking in a new layer of how yes. we strategically use this space to connect with the community every day of the week. That's becoming a more common conversation. You and I are both seeing that. And I know you, and we have a coffee ministry in our church in West Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more and more church planters that are coming and asking, how did you do this? This is something we're interested in. I think even people listening like that's becoming a common conversation. So help peek, peek behind the curtain a little bit because it's, it's far harder and more difficult, more challenging than people realize. Um, it, it's not just yeah. you buy a bag of coffee and, and we're already brewing coffee on Sundays and we'll just do it on Monday. It's not nearly as easy as it sounds. What has been the thing that surprised you the most about it from, from the idea to where it is now and you're looking back, if you're coaching people who, who are thinking about doing something like this, help them understand a little bit of insight of what's to come. Well, the hardships, I mean, obvious are obvious to start a business and plant the church at the same time is difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would never, if somebody came to me and said, Hey, this is, you know, we're actually getting that We're we're going to be launching another church plant in Everett and that'll be coffee house based. And um, it looks like London and Spain as well. But <laughs> I would never have anybody do it the way we're doing. We did it right. Like that. Sure. <laughs> sure. It was, Don't uh, do what we we, did. yeah, we, I mean, starting from scratch and trying to get it all done, you know, we're, we're only a few people and um, you know, we're still in a place where we never thought at this point that we would have, be, you know, have four coffee houses this quick and, and two church plants and working on a third. And um, it's just, no, it's exhausting and it's, it's, there's a lot of challenges, but I think the thing that's probably surprised me the most is just the overall kingdom impact. Um, you know, we, we talk about breaking barriers in the city all the time. And, you know, one of the, my big things is the stained glass barrier. It just seems like people don't want to walk into a church building and they associate us as Christ followers with a lot of other issues that are kind of going on. And so you know, the, the concept of saying, you know, in this third space, like, Hey, you're coming into this place every single day and we're building a relationship with you. And, and ultimately that's leading hopefully to a gospel conversation and then inviting them to that same space to experience, you know, a worship gathering on a Sunday morning to say, Hey, the space that you've been coming into um, every day is the same space that we're using for this. So it's, though it will be different, it's, it's, it's a place that you're familiar with. Um, 
you know, you've, you've, you're going to recognize some of the people that are there because you've already been building relationships with them on a daily basis during the week. And then that kingdom impact, you know, those barriers, we didn't necessarily expect that um, we would be sending people to other churches more than our own which is something we desired, but we didn't realize the impact there. So like if you look at South Station, it's pretty far removed from East Boston. And I have this part of saying, hey, you need to go to a church in the neighborhood that you live. So yeah, absolutely. um, We see a lot of people coming from the South Shore, you know, that will come through the coffee house and we're building relationships and then we're able to point them to, you know, a good Bible teaching church. Um, and, And that's been a great opportunity for, you know, just, kingdom collaboration amongst all of the church planters that are here. Um, yeah. That's, that, and, and then, yeah. I was just going to say, that's interesting that God's almost positioned you to be an advocate for the entire church planting movement that is taking place where people are coming in and you're able to help point them to churches that might be down the street from them that they may not even know about. Yeah. And we, you know, we had, I mean, we, we dreamed of that, but we never really, expected that to work in the way that it's working. Um, Nor did we expect as a result of that, that, um, and then, so each month the, the, the coffee houses support a different local nonprofit. And so um, we have, um, we tried, you know, they don't have, we typically pick nonprofits that aren't necessarily religious based. We're just looking for, okay, where's a nonprofit that, that is doing good in the city. And we allow them to advertise for that month. And then we write them a check at the end of the month the barriers that that's broken because they find out, okay, you're a coffee house and you've donated to us and you're serving the community. And this was brought out of a Bible teaching Jesus following church. It's, it's open doors that we also didn't expect. And, you know, I mean, city hall's taken notice. Um, I think in the last, in the six years that the well coffee house has been there, we've donated about 250,000 back into the community. Um, and, and that's, in fact, the, the, the state street coffee house is right next to city hall. And we're seeing more and more city hall officials, you know, in most liberal cities in the country coming into the well coffee house to do their informal meetings with each other. Um, and they, they love us. And I mean that we, uh, in fact, both myself and pastor Matt um, have done the invocation at the city hall um, council meetings. And we were told that we were the first two Protestants to do that in over 50 years. <laughs> so. Man, it's all because of coffee, right? Yeah. Um, It's, it's just, it's a connector, you know, and so much, I think, uh, so much time we can spend in ministry interacting with the same Christians in our church family over and over again. And mm, we can lose just the magnitude of rubbing shoulders with and being with people, um, from the community that, Quite frankly, you know, we assume that because somebody doesn't go to church, sometimes we just assume that they have all these barriers and frustrations and questions towards God. And a lot of times it, they just, it's an irrelevant factor to them. They're, they're not around people that are living for Christ and that, that are living the kind of life that he called us to live. So to be able to have and position yourself in a way that you can uh, interact with people and, and for some of them, you are their connection to Jesus. You're the one that is living it out in a way that they've never seen. We just see the power in that and the, and the opportunity that comes when we just live our lives in the way that God called us to live and intentionally live it 
around people that believe differently than us. A lot of stories can come when that happens, right? I mean, that's your story. Oh yeah. Man, that is so cool to and hear. One of the things I hear, it's, 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 it's interesting. People will ask, you know, like, man, how did you come up with such a unique idea? And I'm like, man, it's, it's in the Bible, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, we literally just, yeah, we yeah. literally, I mean, my thinking when we moved to Boston was, okay, we're dealing with an unreached an area. And so, you know, less than 2% evangelical in the city. So, you know, what would we do if we moved to a foreign, you know, country? Um, and so our strategy was just, let's just pretend like we are. And the only wow. good thing is we don't have to go to language school because we, you know, we get the right. language. Right, right. Um, and man, that is so cool. It's so cool because it, it's, yeah, that's pretty, pretty awesome. It's not profound. It's not uh, a new idea no. in that sense, but it is, it, it, you, you took time to prayerfully consider how to be as intentional and strategic to connect with people that um, the church is not currently connecting with. And uh, it, it's just so neat to hear. I, I feel like there are people that are going to listen to this conversation and God's going to use it to stir something in their heart. And may, it may not be coffee. It may be another opportunity that reaches their community yeah. in a unique way, but it's just, it's thinking that direction. It's that Jesus positioned himself as a friend of sinners, which means he spent a lot of time with sinners. He, he didn't hang out in the Christian country club. And that's what I love about it, man. Um, hey, that's let me good. ask. And that's important. Ask, oh, it is. And let me ask this for people that uh, are planting or pastors that almost feel like their life is as a church planter or people that are considering it on the horizon. What are just two practical tips you might give any church planter in New England that's doing what you're doing? You know, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is you really, you really need to hold on to that call. Hmm. Um, you know, know that you're called, um, know that it's okay to not know exactly how everything's going to, going to, you know, work out, but, you know, you've got to have that conviction of knowing that, okay, I'm called as a church planter. This is what the Lord has asked me to do because we, you know, we've all seen a lot of guys come in and, um, you know, we question their call and it's just, it's too hard. If, if you don't feel called and you're not doing it out of, out of an act of obedience, you know, you're going to quit. Absolutely. So there are a lot of times in, in these, you know, nine years almost that we've been here that I've wanted to throw in the towel and, and give up. And, you know, it's to, to, to see all of this come to fruition has been, it, it's required a lot of sacrifice and a lot of work and a lot of pain and, um, yeah. from a lot of people. And, you know, when it, when it, when it gets hard, it's just, if, if that call's not there, you know, it's, you'll walk away. It's, you can't, you can't do this and not feel a, and not feel that yeah. it's just not, not going to work. You're right, man. So that's the first thing. Yeah, that's good. I think the second, yeah, the second thing, um, I guess that comes to mind right away is, you know, hold on to that vision, but you know, I, th I think the vision needs to be held on to tightly, but it needs to be in an open hand. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, in, in Habakkuk, um, you know, Habakkuk is, is speaking to the Lord and, and, he, and he says, you know, I'm, I've, I've lifted kind of up my concerns to you and I'm waiting for you to answer me to see how I respond. And what the Lord responds is, hey, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that, you know, he that reads it can run with it. And if it tarries, 
you know, stick with it because it will surely come to fruition because it's the vision that I gave you. And that has resonated with me a lot to say, you know, in, in our story to say, look, this is the, this, I knew this vision was from the Lord. Um, and there were moments when it was hard and, you know, but in leaning into that, okay, Lord, you gave the vision, which means you're also going to give me the process by which this vision is going to come to fruition. And it doesn't have to look the way that I thought it would look. Um, yeah. Oh, that's and good. so I think that's an important thing for planters coming in to know is, Hey, the Lord's given you a vision, but you know, the, the process, but, you know, let, let that be his, um, it's, it will be better than us forcing, you know, the process through. Yeah, man, that's good. I, and those kind of go hand in hand. It's, it, and you're just seeing the overlap there of anticipating that the journey ahead is going to be long and it's going to be unexpected and it's going to go very different than you think. And I know you and I, we, we spend a lot of time, especially on the front end and in the building mode, praying through where does God have us? And as much as we can make plans, and it's important to be strategic and intentional, um, God's just going to take a different direction anyway. And um, so it's being it's being yep. strategic and intentional, but also being flexible. And it's knowing that balance. And um, your story is just a perfect example of what that looks like. Because like you said, God's opened up many more doors than you ever imagined. You know, it, it, it it's pretty oh, amazing. Oh, man. oh yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, I mean, let me, the vision that he, he gave me was, was, you know, looked at from human eyes and, and it's oh, the one he's so good, trying to bring to fruition is way bigger, right. Than, than yeah. I could possibly dream of. That's so good. Cause I think we dream sometimes, but we dream within the context of what we think we can accomplish and what, what yep. vision is attainable to us. And we just put a lower ceiling than what God ever had in mind. Um, man, that's good. Oh Jeff. yeah. It's limiting. Yeah. Well, let me ask this. People are hearing about your story. They're hearing about the well. Um, how can someone listening help your ministry right now? So prayer and then just even practically let them know if they want to connect, if they want to get a cup of coffee, like what's the best thing they can do if they just want to know a little bit more about your ministry and be a part of it? So, I mean, I'll go through a couple of things. So from, okay. from the easiest, I mean, if you're, if you're in the Boston area, you know, come to the well coffee house, grab a cup of coffee, sit down and have conversation with people. You know, we've, there's an environment that's been created there that, that allows that to happen. Um, and so I would say that's, that's a great support because that's the point. Um, you know, don't just come in and throw your headphones on. I mean, I know there's moments you need to do that, but like come in, look around. There's, there's always conversations to be had in that third space. So that would be a really easy way to support what's going on. Um, yeah, that's good. We always need volunteers at the coffee house, mm. right? So if you're looking to to do some volunteer work, um, even even students who are I think 16 or older, who you know a lot of times in in Massachusetts they're looking for volunteer work for graduation. I mean, we can fulfill that for them at the Well Coffee House. So it allows you to not only volunteer but be on mission while you're doing it. That's pretty cool. Um, and yeah. so you know we we utilize a lot of volunteer label in there. We'll teach you how to how to brew coffee and, and barista. And it's still, it's a lot of fun. Um, and then I think lastly, I mean, you mentioned prayer, obviously that's the most important, but there's a, a practical need in the, in the essence of we, you know, we, we have more opportunity 
to impact this city and even some of these other cities around the world that I, I mentioned, then we have resources to do it. Um, and I'm not just talking about, you know, funds. Yeah, we need funds. I mean, I'm still raising uh, money to get East Boston completely built out, but we're also talking about just people. Um, you know, if, if this type of ministry excites you, this, this idea of, you know, the third space and, and trying to make the churches and the gospel as relevant as possible to the people that you know, we're around, um, then I would encourage, you know, come and, and, and sit down with me. And yeah, so we've always just needed more, you know, there's not enough resources to get done. We need to get done. So people yeah. and, and money are just kind of the practical things. And I mean, if you're interested, if anybody out there listening is interested, you can always reach out um, to either Church at the Well, um, which there's a website, Facebook, Instagram. But the website is www.catwboston.com. So churchatthewellboston.com or thewellcoffeehouse.com. Awesome. Hey, that's great, man. Well, it, you might get hit up by a few people that are listening to this and are intrigued and want to learn a little bit more. So be on the lookout for that. Um, that'd be awesome. I'd love that. Well, thanks, Kenneth. Hey man, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy in that you're leading your family, you're leading a church, you're overseeing a movement of coffee shops all over the city. So man, thank you just so much for your time and for sharing a little bit of your story. It really means a lot. It was my pleasure, Stephen. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Wow. So cool to just be able to hear a little bit of the background of the well and how it came to be. And uh, I love the creativity and the unique prayers that Kevin and his team prayed about how they could reach the city and reach people in a new way um, that go beyond church walls uh, of thinking where people already are and coming to them. And that's exactly what Jesus did in John 4 and really throughout his entire ministry is he modeled this idea um, of going to where people already are and just creating interactions. You don't have to preach on a street corner. Um, you don't have to hold up a sign and you don't have to even set up a table or give out tracks. Um, just, just rubbing shoulders with people, just being somewhere intentionally uh, where people from uh, different backgrounds can, can interact with you without having to step into your church walls. That's just profound. And I love that idea. And I feel like we're seeing that more and more in churches all across the country is how can we move outside our walls to connect with people that may not ever uh, naturally come into a church service of ours. Um, so really cool that uh, he got to share his story and man, just excited. I, I love being able to do this and to share more stories. Be on the lookout um, for future episodes, for future, um, future testimonies uh, of, of different men and women um, all over New England um, who God is working through in a unique way. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Church Stories podcast. Uh, have a wonderful, wonderful week uh, and just continue to pray with us that God works through the churches in New England. Thank you so much.